Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, as always. And today we've got a really, really fun topic. We are talking about games, but not just not video games, not typical games. We are talking about brain games. So I have gotten a great list of 15 awesome brain games, and I'm going to be sharing an article that runs through this list. It's an awesome list. It's from lifehack.org. And some of these games you'll probably be familiar with, some you may not. They're all board games that have been shown to stimulate the mind and work on different skills, whether it's whether it's memory, whether it's problem solving, etc. And at the top of the list is one of my favorite games, uh, but we'll get to that at the end of the show because we're going to go in reverse order. And by the way, of course, I will, as always, include a link to the article in the show notes if you want to peruse that list at your own convenience. So without further ado, let's get into this list of awesome brain games. And by the way, this came up because recently I was at one of my client's houses and we were we were playing board games. We were playing some Monopoly. We were playing this other really cool game that's not on the list. It's called Anomia, A-N-O-M-I-A. I highly recommend it. It's super fun. It's also super social, and it really gets you thinking, really, really helps you to work on being able to essentially just come up with ideas in your mind and do it quickly and, and, and do some word association. So it's really great, really a lot of fun. All right, let's get into it. So number 15 on the list, actually this is probably my favorite game or second favorite game of all time, Monopoly. Although a great deal of the game revolves around the luck of the dice roll, there are intellectual benefits to Monopoly. For one, you need to make decisions that could make or break you when it comes to property acquisition and management. Secondly, and depending if your house rules allow this or not, the game gives you the opportunity to build business relationships with other players, which will hopefully ultimately benefit you and leave them defeated and penniless. Lastly, Monopoly is a fantastic tool to help kids learn how to count and deal with money. The money aspect is definitely true. I think that's a great piece to it. There's actually actually some other interesting complexities. I think they've taken it out of these subsequent versions. But for example, when you mortgage property, usually to unmortgage it, you're supposed to have to pay a 10% premium. So let's say you mortgage a, let's say you mortgage, I have the game virtually memorized with the prices and things like that because I played it a lot as a kid. But let's say you mortgage electric company, which is $150. You mortgage it, it means you no longer collect money when people land on it. But you get half of the value. So it's 150, you get $75. To unmortgage it, you're supposed to pay the $75 plus 10%, which would be 750 or whatever, maybe round round it up to $8. You're supposed to pay that on top. So that's some pretty good stuff right there. And then also when you're when you're selling houses, if you're when you're buying them and then you want to sell them, 
you ha you get half of the amount back. So if you buy each house at $100, for example, you only get $50 when you sell them back. So it's pretty interesting. There's other things like, I actually think it's pretty cool because if you get familiar with the game, it really helps with addition in the sense that, okay, for example, when you roll a 12 and you're on go, right? You, you'll actually, if you know the board and you get familiar with it, you know every side has 10 spaces, it helps you with your addition because you can eventually recognize that, all right, well, 10 is one time all the way down and then two lands you on electric, uh, electric company. So it's these interesting things, all these different pieces that are really fun. I think the luck component is actually a great thing because it it's like even if you're a really seasoned player, you can st and and you're sort of new to the game playing somebody who's seasoned you still have an opportunity to win which i think is kind of cool like i actually like the little bit of luck aspect with respect to the dice and rolling them such a fun game takes a little bit of time but it's a huge blast okay let's move on to number 14 copycat sometimes the best way to learn strategy is from the slimy world of politics in Copycat, you play a politician who tries to gain influence and money in order to become the next president. And yes, the game includes vomit-inducing cards such as fatherly friends. Part of the strategy is worker replacement in order to gain more support and cash. Just make sure you choose wisely. So I haven't played this game, but it sounds really interesting. And I like the fact that it's politically themed, especially in an election season. All right, number 13, Guillotine. This card game is one rife with intrigue, mayhem, and attempted murder. Considering it's set during the French Revolution, this is hardly surprising. Despite being a relatively lighthearted game, regardless of the macabre topic, players need to use their cunning and strategy skills to try and execute the most people. Charming, I know. Okay, well, it's on the list. Not crazy about the death theme, but it looks like kind of a cool setup with the cards and the illustrations, and it actually has a little... A little guillotine. If you're unfamiliar with what a guillotine is, it's a device that was used to execute people in, especially it was really popular during the French Revolution. But anyways, that is guillotine. All right, number twelve, Carcassonne. At its core, Carcassonne is a game which in which players need to place tiles depicting a French landscape. They also have meeple that they can use to claim castles, land, and roads. The game requires players to think logically about their decisions, particularly when it comes to meeple placement, as well as to strategize against their fellow players. Plus, it is really fun. So it looks really cool. It's got a really nice board with all these green landscapes and, and winding rivers, it looks like. Stuff like that. So it, it looks pretty interesting. Haven't played it myself. All right, number 11, Go. Another game that has been with us for thousands of years, Go has been described as easy until you get the hang of it. It is intensely difficult to master and involves a great deal of strategizing. It's a two-player game that requires players to gain territory by walling off sections of the board and surrounding each other's stones. The game ends once the board fills up or both players agree to stop. Whoever controls the most territory wins. Okay, very cool. So I've actually also never played this game as well, but it's got a cool board and it, it looks like, it's almost like little M&Ms. They're black and white. It sort of looks like checkers, but it, it appears to be much more complex. Number 10, Chronology is an incredibly simple game, but this doesn't lessen the amount of fun that can be derived from it. 
The aim of the game is to be the first to collect 10 timeline cards, each of which contains a historical event and the year in which it occurred. During your turn, you take a new card and put it in the correct chronological position within your own timeline. If you are correct, you keep the card. If you're wrong, the next player can attempt to place it in their timeline. Chronology is excellent at building your memory as well as teaching you important important historical dates and facts. So cool. I actually want to check this game out. I did not know a game like this that involves history existed. So I'm also looking at these games to purchase for my classroom this year, and this sounds awesome. Okay. Number nine, we have Pandemic. I should probably point out that the aim of this game is quite the opposite to the Pandemic 2.5 game you can find on mobile devices. We want to contain viruses, not exacerbate them. You and your fellow players are disease fighters whose mission is to contain outbreaks and research cures for four separate plagues throughout the world. As well as helping you to build your problem-solving and strategic skills, Pandemic teaches players teamwork and cooperation. This may not sound like a way to make you smarter, but interpersonal skills and the ability to cooperate and compromise are imperative to most jobs in the real world. Overlooking social skill builders isn't particularly intelligent. Okay, very cool. And it's got a really cool looking board with a map of the world and some really fun looking cards with great illustrations. So that is Pandemic. Number eight, Power Grid. Another game that should be mind-numbingly boring, but is actually all kinds of fantastic. The aim of Power Grid is to supply power to most cities, to the most cities. To do this, you mark pre-existing routes between cities for connection, and then bid against each other to purchase the power plants. You must also acquire raw materials to power these plants. Problems may arise if you expand too fast and miss out on new technology. As such, the game requires you to weigh up options logistically and logically and strategically, as well as deal with the potential fallouts of your decisions. This makes it a beneficial game for people like me who find it difficult thinking even a single step ahead and deduce that the best course of action is buy everything now. <laughs> okay, cool. Number seven, Agricola. Time to put on your straw hat, y'all. In Agricola, you're a farmer who's responsible for feeding your family as well as building and expanding your land. Despite the simplistic description, the game is actually quite complex and requires a great deal of strategic planning and resource juggling for you to be successful. This makes it great for logical thinking and building problem-solving skills. In addition, it will help you to learn to multitask and think ahead. Plus, you get really cute sheep. Yeah, very cool. The board looks really, really cool for this game. Agricola. All right, now we are at number six. Risk. Okay. Arguably the first mainstream war-based game, uh, for war-based board game, the aim of Risk is to take over the world. During your turn, you use your myriad of army units to attack other players, take over territories, and fortify your existing ones. There are currently an abundance of different risk variations uh, on the market. Some of my personal favorites are StarCraft, Star Wars Original Trilogy, Lord of the Rings, and Godstorm. Most recently, The Walking Dead also joined the ranks. Risk will definitely give your brain a workout because, like so many other games on this list, it's all about strategy. It also builds your logical thinking and decision-making skills because everything you do has consequences. One of my super smart students who is now attending a very elite private school, one of the most elite private schools in the country, actually, this year. He loves Risk. He's an avid chess player as well, but he says Risk is his favorite go-to game because it's so intellectually stimulating. And I've played it before, but 
I'm not a, a big player. Definitely want to want to get more involved with this game. All right, number five. We're coming to one of my favorites, Scrabble. Just in case you've somehow never heard of Scrabble before, the aim is to make words and get points. Basically, people who often play enough build upon their existing vocabulary significantly. It will also help to develop your creativity and strategy skills. For children, the game is highly beneficial at helping them to spell and do basic math. I mean, I think this is true too. If you're talking about just basically adding things up, looking at the, you know, each letter has a point value and then you can get double letters, triple words, so on and so forth. It's very good arithmetic, basic arithmetic, and and I think it does help, absolutely. But I mean, the biggest benefit is just learning words. And as your vocabulary, it, it's not actually just that too. It's also being able to see the words and see the combinations. There's a lot of logic and problem solving involved in that process. And you'll notice too, as your vocabulary becomes more robust, as you play the game more, you'll just start to see these patterns. And, and I gotta believe that that will have nice positive outflow to anything else you're trying to do and, and just processing in general. Great game. And also Scrabble, of course. The online the game ver- the phone version is Words with Friends. I actually like Words with Friends better. Hate to say it since Scrabble was the original. But Words with Friends, there's more opportunities to get higher points and things like that. It's really fun. <clears throat> Number four, Puerto Rico. Quite possibly my favorite board game of all time. Puerto Rico requires players to become governors and collect victory points by shipping goods back to the old world and constructing buildings. This may not sound exciting, but it's seriously awesome. I personally aim to monopolize the coffee plantations, thus making me the self-appointed coffee baron. One problematic feature of the game is that your plantation workers are little brown pieces. I know, it's historically accurate, but as a white Australian of British heritage, this is the author talking, it's pretty awkward. Being a strategy game, Puerto Rico is great for developing your basic strategic skills. It forces you to think ahead and weigh up the consequences of your decisions. In addition, the game has a fair amount of rules and gameplay that you have to get your head around, which helps you strengthen your mental capacity and multitasking skills. All right, that is Puerto Rico. Number three, we have Dixit. All right, so Dixit is primarily a card game, but because I'm such a hardcore person, I'm including it anyway. Dixit requires players to take turns being the storyteller, who then makes up a sentence about one of the cards in their hand. Other players then select a card from their hands that they think best matches the aforementioned sentence. The cards are then shuffled, displayed face up, and players have to decide which was the storyteller's. It is incredibly fun to play, and you'd be surprised how vague the cards can be. All the better to trick other players with. Despite appearances, Dixit does actually exercise your brain. You have to be creative and original with your explanations and card choices, as well as make sometimes difficult decisions. As such, you're required to utilize both the right and left sides of your brains. In addition, the game also requires you to read other people, which helps to build your emotional intelligence. Very cool. Haven't played this one either, but looks awesome. Sounds awesome, too. Number two, I have played this game, Ticket to Ride. I played this with my family. It's super fun. Ticket to Ride requires players to collect train carb cards that they use to claim railway routes across the map. The longer the routes, the more points they earn. Additional points come from fulfilling destination tickets that connect distant cities. 
There are a variety of editions now out, each mapping a different country, continent, or area of the world. My favorites are the original USA and Markland maps, respectively. Besides teaching players strategy and logic, Ticket to Ride also helps you to build upon your knowledge of past and present geography. This is because some of the maps are historical. If I remember correctly in this game, you're you're moving along and you're trying to build along these different routes. You're also trying to block other people's routes. Like basically, I think you get if I remember you get points every time you connect these you connect these separate cities with your train routes and the more cities that you connect on your routes the more points you get and so on and so forth so you try and block other people from doing the same it's really cool and i played it with my family i can't remember when but it was awesome okay now we get to number one this is my again all basically tied with monopoly first or second game i gotta say monopoly I don't play it nearly as much, but when I do play it, it's just, it's so fun. It's really social, but this is a timeless, timeless game. Most timeless of all. Number one, we've got chess. Probably the most famous board game of all. Chess can literally take a lifetime to truly master. To put it incredibly simply, chess is a two-player strategy board game that is supposed to represent medieval warfare. Extensive studies have shown that playing the game on a regular basis can have myriad positive effects on your brain and intelligence. Some of these include the fact that it exercises the right and left side of your brain, it increases your creativity and originality, it can raise your IQ, it improves your memory, it assists your concentration, it helps your foresight, and apparently can help to prevent Alzheimer's. Super interesting. Look, I love chess, and the the cool. Sometimes I know for kids it can be a little frustrating, especially if you're playing your parents and your parents are pretty good. You're just gonna lose every time. But there's no luck involved, and and that's part of the the issue. That's why it can be a little bit off putting for beginners, because it's like, okay, well, why do you want to play a game that you're gonna just keep losing for a long time until you get good? For people starting out, my suggestion is to play online. That's how I started getting pretty decent at it. Because you can go, you can match up against people your level in beginner rooms or whatever, and you can just play, 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 play. And it's I don't think it feels as as harsh when you're losing virtually to somebody you don't know. So you can kind of go ahead. And, and I think that really that's a phenomenal way to learn. I mean, it's how I like to learn as opposed to reading books on chess or even hiring a teacher. You just go and play and you'll figure it out. You'll start to see moves. You'll start to get an idea of what openings to use so on and so forth and and then it just it just gets awesome like it, it's so much fun absolutely recommend chess so that's it for the list of 15 games if you want to read the article yourself just check out the show notes at www.scalerlearning.com and as always if you have any questions or comments for me email me at huzefa at scalerlearning.com would love to hear from you thank you guys so much for joining me i'll see you guys next time take it easy Learning, give me that skill of learning. Skill of learning, give me that skill of learning.